What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Kyle Conkeel. And today, we're having Ripcast episode number three. It's a podcast within a podcast. And today, we are talking to the goodest boy, Tim Walker. Tim, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great now that I'm here talking with you. <laughs> it's the Brennard way. Happy Brennard Day. Hey. <laughs> Every day is Brennard Day. Goddamn right. What, what What are you drinking there? I'm always fascinated uh, by beverages. So, okay. Oh, we're doing a Bev check section. All right. Mm-hmm. So, I tried something new today. This is a uh, iced brown sugar oatmeal espresso. See, I'm starting to get into like the oat milk stuff. Yeah, I find it. I find it a little bit more flavorful than almond milk, than rice milk. But I, you know, as someone who tries to be as dairy free as possible during during the lockdown, that's been non-existent. Except I still don't drink milk. Um, but as someone who had been, you know, heavily dairy free for a few years, almond milk was my go-to. But then I've discovered oat milk. And I think I like it more. Oh, we got a little joint it's, there. It's the far superior uh, tittyless milk, if you <laughs> if you must ask me. The far superior tittyless milk. Can you see my shirt from from there? I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> but it's homie from fucking uh, taxi driver. <laughs> um. When yeah. so, oh, continue. Uh, no, no, go. Ahead. I was just gonna reiterate the point that oat milk is great and give you some suggestions to try out. But yeah. I'll take your question first. Hit me, hit hit me with those suggestions. So, you, I'm sure you've seen uh, what is it, Oatly? You know, I, Oatly's I, cool. Yeah, yeah. But Planet Oat. Planet Oat. Can you? Because they, because they have. I'm gonna tell you why. And you're you're not a Texas boy. So you don't you don't get the the luxury of having an HEB. I'm going to I'm going to just heeb? flex the heb. OK, <laughs> I'm going to flex the heb for a second. That's our real leader of Texas is HEB. We yeah. really just do what they say. <laughs> they have an oat milk. That's great. But Planet Oatly or sorry, not Planet Oatly. I'm confusing brands now. Planet Oat. Planet uh, Oat. That is the superior one. They have an extra creamy extra, oat milk. Extra creamy dog. Kyle. When I tell you, I'm gonna use your government name. All right, Kyle. <laughs> this oat milk is the shit. All right, it's great. All right. <laughs> it's great. I love it. It's yeah, the closest thing to to like dairy milk. Finger quotes. Uh, see, I remember it. This was probably like eight or nine years ago, maybe sooner. I don't remember, but I was still, I still eat cheese for the most part. Everything else, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't fucks with anything else dairy. Um, but I remember I was out of almond milk, and I went to the refrigerator, and there was regular ass two percent milk from Altadena, just your regular generic cow titty milk. And I wanted some cereal. I was like, you know what? I haven't had no tit milk in a long time, and. I was eating some I was eating the cereal and I was like there's something off about this. So I smelled the milk. 
And I was like, that doesn't smell right to me. So I asked my mom, and I was like, is that? Is that so? She's like, yeah, it's fine. So I just, you know, I poured it a little bit in the cup, and I took it. I'm like, this milk's bad. And then she tried it, and she's like, no, it's not. It's fine. And I'm like, oh, just titty milk is gross when you haven't. It was, dude, it was like sour. Like, I thought someone was playing a prank on me. Yeah, I could smell it. It's like, same thing with cheese for me. Yeah. Like, now it's got a smell where I'm like, damn, I used to eat a block of this shit. (laughs) Like, just handfuls of it. And now I'm like, oh, I smell you. Yeah. Yeah, cheese has been the hardest for me. Everything else, it it doesn't really doesn't really matter and my and, and by the way i just want to remind people that mayo although it is an animal byproduct is not considered dairy <laughs> it's not no it's eggs but as someone but as someone who who is a vegan i actually didn't know you were a vegan until the end so you joined us at like it was like the third show and the papa roach tour yeah in 2019 that's you right. Us, you met us in uh, Atlanta. No, it was Nashville. Nashville, Nashville. Because, uh, I remember it was my first day on the job, and some of the first people I run into are Mark Lewis and Dusty from BT Bam, and it's like, oh shit, I'm in fucking Tennessee. <laughs> and I don't know any of these motherfuckers except for these two. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I didn't know you were vegan until like the end of that tour. I guess I wasn't paying attention or, but you're not like a shove it in your face. Like, oh, I can't eat that. I'm vegan. No, I'm vegan. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, I don't know. I'm just like, Hey, eat what you eat. I get it. It's like animals taste great. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll go on record. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just for me, I don't it's not really a thing I have to think about so much anymore. Yeah. So how long need to... how long have you been one hundred percent vegan? I wanna say maybe since about close to the end of twenty eighteen. Okay. Is when I, is when I was I, I kind of made the conscious decision to say, okay, you know. I don't really eat eggs a whole lot anymore. I really don't eat cheese a whole lot. Let me just go ahead and just say it, call it what it is. Yeah. You know? uh, but yeah, about the end of 2018, I would say. Now, and I and, I, and I'm not trying to get into an argument over over veganism here. I'm genuinely curious. Um, when you were finding yourself eating less animal proteins and animal products and animal byproducts. Did you have to supplement any of your iron or proteins or anything like that from outside sources? Uh, Such as like vitamins or... Yeah, just like, like you know, like iron and whatever. Yeah. um, When I made the transition to vegetarianism, like pre-vegan... Yeah. Uh, it started by accident. Yeah. Because I always said, oh, you know, like, I think I want to be a vegetarian, like, as a kid. You yeah. know, I was like, that sounds like something cool to try out. Like, you just eat a bunch of plants. I like plants. They're cool. Uh, so, growing up in Texas, you know, I was, like, raised on barbecue and Whataburger and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, 
one day I just woke up. I didn't really think about it. It wasn't a conscious effort one day. I literally just woke up one day and didn't eat meat and didn't realize it until the end of the day. I was like, hmm, I didn't have chicken today. I didn't eat a burger today. Yeah. That wasn't hard. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll do it again tomorrow. And then just kind of kept doing it. And that was in 2016 Okay. or so. And uh, and then just kind of as I as I went through that, I started to find out, okay, I need to take vitamins. I need to yeah. kind of like figure this thing out. So just through that, you know, whenever I decided to go vegan, I was already in the mindset of, oh, I'm taking vitamins. You know, I'm kind of making sure I'm eating foods that have, you know, these vitamins that or nutrients that I'm not getting from somewhere else, you know, I'm kind of yeah. more or less keeping track of my protein intake and things like that. Um, I got into a Facebook argument with uh, with this streamer girl. No, actually, I was on Instagram with this streamer chick who is uh, who's vegan. And uh, all I said was, you know, she was just like, go vegan now, blah, 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 blah. It's so much healthier for you. It's better for you. And cool. Like, I definitely see the nutritional and ethical benefit of not eating any animal products i do i really do you know i'm not being um i'm not being uh you know a dickhead to people who decide that they don't want to eat anything animal related sure but all i had said on her post was i was like you know when you change your diet very drastically just make sure that you know you're getting all of the nutrients and 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 vitamins that you're missing out when you're eating animal products because there are a lot of people who go straight into veganism and it doesn't doesn't do well for them. I was like, just right. because it's good for you doesn't mean it's good for the next person. Right. So I've always I've always been a strong component. If you're changing your diet drastically, like if you're going on the the keto diet or if you're going on the carnivore diet or anything that is or or e- even veganism is I really think you should have blood work done. Like, if you're just jumping into it right away, you were already a vegetarian. You had slowly built up that. Right. Cool. That's a great way to do it. And that's what I recommend is just introduce it if you are going to make that change, you know? Yeah. Any, really any kind of drastic change you're going to make in your life, whether yeah. it's changing your diet or your exercise routine or uh, if you're if you have another practice for a tour or something coming up, you know, yeah, a little bit at a time and just build it. Yeah, you know, that it's not such a shock to your body, yeah. uh, and you can kind of feel it out. You know, you can kind of take the take the approach of, you know, my do I feel right? Do I feel like I need more iron or more, uh, you know, vitamin D or K or whatever? You know, all these different things, and then you can just take gradual steps just to make sure you're, you're doing good. You know? I remember when I was living in Seattle, it was actually easier for me to be a pescatarian than it was like there was like no fast food there was like there was a there was a couple of food spots but i was i was the entire time i lived there i was basically a pescatarian i would only eat fish i mean did you go to pikes a lot when yeah. you were there yeah yeah when you got fish flying by your head you're like you know, yeah i might just take a bite out of that just... <laughs> <laughs> like like a bear in the stream just like trying to catch a sound salmon <laughs> Well, you were you were you were you were a big boy at one point, weren't you? At one point, yeah, yeah. You're what not no a... more. You're svelte. 
a little bit. I, you know, I lost a, shed a couple pounds, let a couple coats go. Uh, <laughs> and and you know, around around the time I really started to to make a lot of dietary changes, I started to work out a little bit more, become a little more active. Yeah. Uh, for your listeners that are in the Texas region, I used to hit Waterburger a lot. Like I used to crush. You, you were up to that spicy ketchup. <laughs> I was, man. I'm gonna tell you, I was up to a spicy ketchup, the salsa verde on a burger, yeah. the breakfast menu hits, like everything. Uh, and just kind of got tired of it, you know. Yeah. Uh, no shade on Water Burger, still better than In and Out. I've been a vegan for quite a while, and I'll hold that title. Listen, we are gonna have to agree to disagree <laughs> on that because. It, first of all, like I, I get, I want, I want your take. Why is it better? No, I'm. I, see, here's the thing. It's too different. They're 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 not in the same league of each other. In and out is where the original California style burger was created, and it's short order. It's not fast food, and I really think like being. A Texas boy, as a Southern California boy, you probably grew up within one mile of a Whataburger. I was walking distance from my childhood home. And that's how I was from In-N-Out Burger. I've been eating In-N-Out Burger since I could eat burgers. I didn't have Whataburger until I was already a man. I was born in the darkness of In-N-Out. And I did not... (laughs) 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 I was going on a a Bane thing right there. Um... But they're just two completely different things. Like, I will say, Texas, barbecue. No doubt about it. It's one of my favorite things about Texas. And then, but people comparing In-N-Out Burger and Whataburger, I don't think because they are in the same book, they're just not in the same chapter. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, people comparing Tex-Mex to California Baja-style Mexican food. Totally different things. They're they're in they're yeah. they're in the same chapter, but they're not on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, but to me, they're because I know everything, and I don't know everything there is to know about In and Out. But because I've experienced it, you know, as a thirty-four-year-old man since I was probably five years old, like there's something that feels a bit homey about In and Out Burger, you know. Even though the line is around around the block, but it's like you watch these motherfuckers like bring in a sack of potatoes and cut your fries right there, cook your fries right there. You know, they cook the 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 patties and mustard if you do it a certain way. You know, I don't know. Like to me, California in a burger is an animal style double double with animal style fries. That's what it is. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate Whataburger for what it is. And it is a pretty much a Texas-only fast food burger chain. Uh, I mean, some would say it's basically just Burger King with spicy ketchup. No. (laughs) No. Oh, man. Absolutely not. So here's the thing. There is a burger book. But Burger King is definitely not even in the same 
set of chapters <laughs> as as a water burger. Dude, there there is a Burger King like I could throw it from my house. It is literally the worst Burger King on the face of the planet. Burger King is not really that great to begin with. No. This one is the worst <laughs> of the worst. Like you know I how they like... were you know that they're, they're saying like like burger buns are made of the same shit that like yoga mats are made out of. Yeah, like, same thing with bur- subway bread. Yeah, at this Burger King, like, you can really taste the yoga mat in the <laughs> in the bun. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh man, you can really I mean, taste the yoga. I feel like Burger King. Here's the thing. Burger King is the kind of burger place you go to if you just want to get spat on. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm feeling crummy. Like, I I need to just be need brought back down. Yeah, well, I, need I need to get whoppers. <laughs> I need to get whopped back down to reality. You know what I mean? Just like take myself down a little bit. Just like, oh okay, I got whopped. Let's move on with this life. Like, pick yourself up. Waterburger, you go there. You're like, howdy, partner. They have a vast menu. I will say that they have a very vast menu, and and a lot of the Whataburger locations are open very late. For as someone who likes to participate in alcoholing, especially on tour, why do you think Whataburger is so sick in Texas? Because <laughs> once you get nice and sauced up at your favorite drinking hole, you're like, God damn, I need a burg. I need a heavy bag. Yeah, fucking set need... this right. <laughs> Two D burns in a heavy bag, you know what I mean? <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a guarantee. That's a easy order at Waterburger. It's all yeah. heavy bags there. Yeah, the oh, those 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 burgers are very large. I will say that they're very large, and the reason why I don't put them in the same category as In and Out Burger is because one In and Out Burger has the little patties. It's very compact. It's it's tall, but it's, it's the thing. thing. Yeah, it's, it's tall. tall, but it's small. Tall and yeah. small. And, um, you know, all right, so In-N-Out is long and lean. You know what I mean? And then Whataburger is short and fat. You know what I mean? But the Whataburger... You gotta use two hands for it. Yeah, you have to. You're gonna lose it if you don't. Mm-hmm. My my trick with the Whataburger is I keep it in the wrapper, but I only keep the bottom half wrapped because I know I'm gonna lose the onions and the pickles and the tomatoes falling out the back if you're not if you're not wrapped up just just right. People, this man is giving you gold right now. He's giving you real <laughs> burger gold. Okay. As as someone who is an aficionado in fat guy junk food, you need to take my word for it. You know, take the proper precautions so you can fully enjoy. <laughs> fully enjoy. So me and you had about bah, ooh, beautiful. Around six months, seven months of touring together. Yeah. Before before the world shut down, you came in, you took over for Eddie as our backline tech. You took care of uh, myself very well. Uh, you took care of uh, Chris, Doc. Uh, you did mine and Doc's changes on the stage. You even did some pedal changes for me when my when the MIDI cable broke. You know, you've changed my going through sounds, mm-hmm. and you did a great job at it. It was very, it was very nerve wracking for me, though. <laughs> it was a lot of fun for me. I was like, "Oh, I know this boy's sweating. Let me just make his night right. <laughs> let me just let me ease you real fast." Because um, there would be, I remember that 
specifically there are moments where i could just see it and you're just like oh okay like are we gonna be good and you look right back and i see that little <laughs> twinkle in your eye just like oh great like thank you <sighs> and I, I wanted to reiterate i'm sure you knew this but if i ever yelled at you on stage it was just because it was loud and i wasn't oh, yeah. trying to be i wasn't trying to be upset at you i just want to let you know that absolutely um i just but so when you came in, you did the you finished off the Papa Roach tour, which was most of the tour. I think we were only at like show four when you came in. Show three, uh, maybe. show three. And then we went and did Death Punch. Mm-hmm. We did US the punch. Death Punch. Were you at the shows in? You were at the shows that we did with Manson. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I remember those because you had you drove the van. Oh back. boy, that was a fun time. <clears throat> have you have you told that story on this podcast yet? I because that was a that was a fun that was a fun time when Stephen was driving and the wheel for the trailer popped and we all thought we were gonna <laughs> die. Yeah, luckily it was in the middle of the night. Oh, it was the middle of the night. Yeah, that was a crazy story. That's like that was one of the. One of the crazier things that's happened to me on tour, I I started, uh, I'll say, professionally touring in 2018. So a lot of these things are somewhat new, but yeah. I've done a bunch of regional touring and playing shows all over Texas. So I'm you know, kind of used to shit happening whenever you're out on the road, whether it's, you know, vehicle difficulty or traffic you know you name it you forget your whole fucking back line at your house type yeah. of thing yeah. uh and you got to go back and get it the whole list of it but uh yeah that was definitely one of the crazier experiences because it was just after the dallas show yeah we were driving to oklahoma we city driving to oklahoma city which for those for that drive is usually no more than three hours maybe two to two and a half Mm -hmm. three three hours whatever ungodly reason it was just exceptionally long yeah it like turned into like a four-hour drive we're like hey are you even here yet like what's going on so i remember you guys you guys all left you get to the hotel and then it was robbie Johnny and I, and we stayed to to get this thing sorted out. Yeah. So we figure out, okay, we got to go swap out the the ball hinge because it had bent itself. Yeah. Uh, whenever it slammed into the ground. Oh, that's uh, right. It came loose. There wasn't a tire that popped. It literally no, just the trailer disconnected. Out. Yeah, the trailer disconnected. So. Oh, and I just remembered we're all sitting in the back. Holy shit. Ah. Yeah, so it was. I was talking to you. Yeah. Because you were in the back. And then I see Sparks. I'm like, I don't even remember what I said. I was like, yo, 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 yo. (laughs) I just remember hearing a click. And I I turned. I was like, I know this sound. This has happened before. And somewhat calmly, we just try to yell to Steven. Hey, the trailer disconnected. (laughs) And it's just, what? Oh, shit. So. You know that happens and we try to connect it back on but we have all the gear in the back so yeah trailer's kind of was... heavy we're all trying to pull it but yeah we had to get an uber 
to go from Walmart. <laughs> the the van and trailer to a Walmart that was like a couple miles away. And this is at I think like three or four in the morning. It was so we're walking like in that. Walmart. We're walking back with this trailer hitch. You know, we get another Uber to come back. We finally get it all connected maybe like 45 minutes later. And I remember just we got a text. Hey, so we're still going to be up early. We got to, you know, get there. I just remember that next day waking up being like, God, it's going to be a rough one, boys. Like, yeah, but turned out to be pretty cool, like pretty mild for the most part. Still, we'll see that I know Steven was driving and he was in that Dillinger bus crash. Yeah. We've had, right. two, we, we've had two guys work for us who were on that tour bus when that bus crashed. I think it was in Europe. Um, So I'm sure he was getting PTSD and freaking the fuck out. Yeah. But, you know, he did it the right way. He slowed down, put on mm-hmm. the hazards, and slowly drifted to the to the uh, the shoulder there. But Oh, yeah. <clears throat> which, is, then- which is such a... Uh a good move on his part. Like I, I will always get commend him for that because having, having lived through such an experience, I don't have that experience. You know, I, I yeah. luckily have, I'm going to knock on some wood, you know, have avoided any serious, uh, travel risk or, you know, never flipped or anything like that. So I've been fairly lucky. I feel, but yeah. I know a lot of people who have, who've had that happen and to not, just lose control you know that was great and yeah. it was all pro dudes you know we all just kind of got i was like well we're here you know yeah no one really had a fit or nothing uh and that's just the shit that happens on the road you know yeah. it was it was kind of looking back on it like it's just like damn i kind of miss when crazy shit like that happens on tour <laughs> like i i've been sitting at home a whole year which is crazy to think about yeah i'm just like man like can I like get in a van and just like, you know, have to unpack a trailer, like have to <laughs> just like deal with this again? Dude, I mean, you know, they just and, and unfortunately, you know, Disturb just announced that they had canceled the summer tour, um, which, you know, I kind of figured was coming anyway. And hopefully, you know, we'll have some stuff in the fall. Um, but as someone who had done three tours with me one of them being a european tour um i want i want to know what is your favorite touring memory of mr brennard my favorite touring memory i got to back robbie brown up on this it's the ribs man like <laughs> it's well you're it's, there you're there. I know. And that's the thing. Like, Robbie wasn't there. So he, you know, he has to see the videos that we capture and, you know, he has to kind of live it that way. But, like, in the moment, Brittany, you, <laughs> you dig deep on some of those things. And it's, it's amazing. Cause, well, you filmed most of them. Yeah. I, I did, which is crazy to think about. It's just like, I have this stash of just like Brittany vids ripping it. <laughs> saying all this outrageous shit <laughs> you know i mean 
because for us like for johnny and i you know before before set we're running around you know we're making sure like okay like is everything plugged in everything's working like we're all good just testing everything and our our stress levels can be a little a little high and i really looked forward to a lot of those rips because it's just like if we're gonna have a good rip and we're all just like bent over trying not to die yeah and laughing it's just like all right we're gonna be all right boys <laughs> well you know i really think like the rips they they were for everybody they were for everybody who is in the the vicinity of what was going on you know it's just they just like all of a sudden like you know you got some you got me screaming at the top of my lungs about ridiculous the most ridiculous shit ever like i think there was a couple european venues where they thought that the fight was happening oh and security yeah. came i remember seeing people walk up just like confused as hell like like what 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 the hell what's happening you know everything okay like we're good we're good like yeah this is a nightly occurrence boys <laughs> it got to the point i remember i used to warn some people I'd be like hey you're about to hear some crazy shit like just be ready it's all yeah. good don't worry like we're fine but and uh, i remember i i well i did them i did them to because you know emotions can be high you know it's stressful getting a show ready you know, it's stressful for everybody involved. And I really think at the end of the day, what those rips meant to me was, first of all, never take yourself too seriously, which is why I get like, I get real crazy with it sometimes. But it's just to like, let everybody know that we're there to have fun. Like we have, we have one of the best jobs in the world. We're very fortunate to be up on those big stages in front of those large crowds. And, uh, Absolutely. And it just, it just, when the rip is done, there's just this kind of like the weight gets lifted. You're like, all right, it's, it's showtime boys. You know, yeah. the weight gets lifted. Everyone's laughing, having a good time. And then that intro hits and it's just like, all right, here we go. You Let's know just settle I mean? into this. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all right. So your favorite tour memories are the rips. What are the is, rips? What are, what is your, what is the funniest time that you had with me? Like, where the time where you were just like, Jesus Christ, Conky, what are you doing? Or just like laughing hysterically at me. That isn't Rip involved. I mean, dude, there's a lot. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you why. Because the thing about Kyle Conkeel, y'all, is you got to really listen. You got to really just have your ear open. Because sometimes... You just slip it in, like, <laughs> like you don't, you don't have, you're not the person to always. Ah, my God, pay attention to this. Like sometimes it's just real subtle. If you catch it in the right moment, it's just like, oh my God. There would just be moments we're sitting on the bus, you yeah. know, or, or you know, pre-show or sitting in the green room, you know, nowhere to really go. So we're all just kind of hanging out, just chilling or whatever, and whatever conversation is going on, you know, it's like, yeah, all right, you know his mundane ass conversation and then kyle you know just says this left field ass shit that <laughs> if you're not really listening for it you're gonna miss it and it's just like <laughs> did you say something like no <laughs> what the fuck? uh i mean it's just like a lot of small moments or it'd be during the show you know yeah shit would, shit would be happening or like whenever y'all having a real good show or uh like sometimes in the middle of songs and shit i remember there was a point where something had happened I, and i'd noticed it just like caught you off guard it was mm -hmm. on the europe tour 
and there'd just be little moments where I'm like, I'm watching your ass. Like, I want to see your reaction to some shit, you know, where I'm like standing side stage, just like making faces at you or like sing along to shit. That's funny, man. Well, I'm, 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 I'm glad you appreciate my, uh, my little, my little slight digs here and there. Cause sometimes I feel like people don't catch them and it's, and it honestly, it's because first of all, I talk to myself a lot. So I, I could not even be in a conversation and some left field shit's coming out. Like, that's just how I am. But, um, you know, I know with everything going on right now, we haven't been on the road for about a year. You yeah. know, the Disturbed tour was canceled. But, I mean, I don't even know, you know, what, what the future holds anyway because you're in a dope new band with Wes Houck called alluvial and it's not really a new band but it's something wes has been working on for a really long time and oh, i remember yeah. wes hit me up wes hit me up when he was looking for a bass player and he was like super adamant about a pick player so your name i didn't even bring your name up and he goes and then he hits me up like a couple weeks later. he's like dude why don't you tell me about tim walker i was like you asked for a pick player I was like, if you wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have been specific about a pick player, I would have said Tim Walker. Dude, dude Tim Walker's so fucking sick. <laughs> Yo, all right. First of all, can we just say how sick of a dude Wes is? He Wes cannot, is the sickest. Love he him. cannot be any more the sickest dude. You yeah, know? just like ultimate guy. But to to get an Instagram DM from Wes, or to wake up to an Instagram DM, I should say that says, "Hey, what's your phone number?" You know, <laughs> it's like what you trying to do, you're trying to slide in my DMs, you're trying to get some foot pics. Like, what's up, man? Like, what, <laughs> like what you need? Uh, you know, it's just like a crazy experience, and yeah. like, thank you for real. Like, I know I haven't talked to you in a while uh, to be able to tell you that, but. You know, for real, like, thanks. That's way sick. Well, I mean, uh, he just asked me. He was just like, hey, so so what's the story with Tim Walker? And I was just like, because he got mad. He's like, well, why don't you tell me about Tim? And I was like, again, what, you you asked for a pick player. Like, and, and then so he asked me, he's like, so, well, you know, what's the story with Tim? I was like, Tim's sick. Tim's a great fucking dude. He's a great bass player. And he's a fucking good chill hang. And uh, he's like, sick. Sick. <laughs> sick. All right. He's like he's not like shot or anything, and I'm just like no, 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 no. Like he's the most, he's like the least shot dude there is. Um, and then uh, and then you know, because Wes has been sending you know pre-pro alluvial stuff to John for I feel like years now. Which you want to know a funny story? Like it's it's really surreal to me that this even happened because I remember vividly our last show. On that European tour, Budapest, Hungary, that, yeah, yeah, and we were in Budapest. We're all just chilling in that big ass green room. You know, we're having our going away party because we're not going to the last show with the Five Finger Boys, and we, you know, we're saying our goodbyes, having our moments and shit. And I remember JB's just sitting on the couch, uh, playing music, and they're all talking about stuff. All of a sudden, he's like, "I just hear him. Hey, I want to hear something real sick." And he plays some of the Alluvial pre-pro. And it just caught my ear in the right way. I turned around. I'm like, yo, you're you're going to send me that right now. <laughs> like, I was like, 
you're you're gonna give me this because this is too sick for me to not have <laughs> and you know he basically filled me in he's like yeah this is new alluvial like this is what's going on yeah uh and i i had the thought i was like damn like not really in a band right now but if i was to be in a metal band again like this would be some sick shit like this would be the band i'd want to be in and then fast forward a couple months you know and just waking up to a dm what's your phone number <laughs> like oh it's like is speaking into existence the thing is like is that the way is this what's happening yeah you know because i mean basically he had just asked me like you know what like what what has tim done i was like well you know he's been our our backline tech for a while and i was like he replaced evan brewer and entheos with he, no tabs no tabs all by ear i'm gonna say that all day long and uh you know i know i think i think that kind of perked wes's ears because you know wes has played with evan mm-hmm. he knows what a technical player evan is and he's like oh this guy took over for evan for the and for those of you who don't know um tim was also the bass player in entheos for a while what happened with that uh really around so we were on tour with betraying the martyrs mm-hmm. uh and that was when they had a an incident with their trailer oh, uh, yeah, catching yeah, on yeah. fire so we were on that tour and whenever that happened you know we we just decided hey okay we're gonna like we're we're home basically we're in california like 45 yeah. minutes away from where they lived at the time so it's just like hey if y'all can't continue the tour you know it doesn't really look like it's gonna happen we're just gonna go home so we ended up going home and then like the the next day or two days later uh i I was talking to travis and he was telling me oh hey our homie robbie brown is gonna be at smart financial center and at the time i lived like 10 minutes from that place yeah so just like yeah like let's go see the homie i hadn't seen robbie in a while Mm -hmm. this is like i wasn't super familiar with bad wolves at the time like i knew about bad wolves i'd heard the name a couple times i'd heard like snippets of songs uh and i was aware of who was in it and all their their prior bands and stuff but i guess i hadn't really sat down to to listen to it uh in full so i knew robbie worked for you guys and i was like yeah like this be perfect like i'm not far from home i actually get to check this band out because seeing a band live is really my favorite way to get into a band yeah you know like sometimes records are are good but i like to see a band live so i was like hey this is great like i get to kind of check off a couple stuff so we went and after the set we meet up and we're just hanging out and we're talking so we just get to asking hey uh how how's the tour going that's when i found out you guys needed a guitar tech and then that just kind of took off you know it was just yeah kept me busy it was like oh this is gonna be a pretty full schedule so i just kind of left i just said hey like i'm gonna pursue this you know it's it's something that i kind of want to do uh yeah. and then yeah that that's more or less just kind of how i fell into it yeah well because yeah we, we had a pretty busy schedule i mean for 2020 like not only we were we were not only were we supposed to go do the Stained and Disturbed tour, 
you know, which was sheds for fucking nine weeks. Yeah. You know, we were supposed to go back to Australia with Papa Roach. We were supposed to have a, you know, a co-headline with Ice Nine in, mm-hmm. in, in Europe. Like, we had a pretty full docket. Yeah. And then, you know, the world shut down. And now I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. You know, like, you know, the Disturbed tour got canceled. And I've said that like four times already. But I just want to, you know. Yeah. I'm I was really, I was really looking forward to it, man. Like, yeah, three every... bands, fucking sheds. Easy. You, Easy. You know how corny of a person I am? Yeah. I've wanted to hear, can you feel that every day? <laughs> I was so looking Can forward to that. It? Like, oh, I was looking forward to it, man. Like, like, I needed to experience that in my life, you know, because that's that's not something that happens every day. And yeah. and that's another kind of crazy thing is a lot of those tours. I was like, man, I can't really pass this up. Like, I want to fucking I want to go on tour with Megadeth. I want to fucking yeah. see what that's about. You know, I want to go on tour with uh, with Papa Roach let's see how crazy this shit can get uh so yeah it just kept me busy uh you know it was and and it also going on the bad wolf tours it kind of made me really appreciate touring again like it made me enjoy it because that was some of the most fun i've had on tour it's just going on tour with you guys and being around all these characters who are just all you know insane in their own way uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy to see them all like intermix with each other you know i mean uh, you know i'm gonna speak for myself here but i'm definitely a fucking cartoon character oh yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i'll back that up 100 percent. but i don't like like i don't know like i've never been i've never been a guy to really take himself too seriously not that i don't know how to be serious you know mm-hmm. but I try not to be a fucking a dickhead and I try not to be angry because it's just like it's easier not to be, you know, and then it's like I spent, you know, a lot of time in this band touring where I wasn't in the right headspace. And then when I was finally in the right headspace, you know, I just felt like I felt like in my previous touring with the band that I was like, I feel like I probably like fucked up the vibe so much during during certain you know during certain tours or during certain times and i just i didn't want to do that anymore and i wanted to be like a fun guy to be around and you know and you know like and being angry at somebody like it's pretty draining yeah especially on tour which is already a draining experience and i'm so, not saying that like you can't have a disagreement with somebody but like choosing sure. to be like i'm, I'm fucking pissed at this guy yeah. Just like yeah. two fingers at all time. Like that's that gets so tiring to just yeah. be that guy, you know? You know, sometimes you just need like and luckily with touring, especially how we tour, you know, we have we're very fortunate that we had a bus, you know, and we had dressing rooms and you know, there was places to escape if yeah. there was if there were if you had a problem with somebody in the band or the crew. To just there give you space. time. Yeah. Yeah. To just give you time and be like, All right, cool. I'm done. That's over. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, and you go and talk to the person. Hey, I'm sorry. You know, or yeah. hey, you know, can we just squash this? You know, um, not that that's ever happened with like me and you. There are there have been a couple times where I have come and apologized to you. But... We've had moments, but that's the thing. Touring is stressful. Like it, it kind of brings 
some of that out sometimes and it's yeah. not always bad like it's it's not a bad thing to have a disagreement sometimes you know like it's gonna happen when you're in a new city every day and your your environment is kind of chaotic you know it's just you're you're waiting around all day and then for a good 45 minutes it's like ah just like <laughs> on, on a thousand and yeah. then you kind of come back down to you know like a six or a five yeah you know so it's a it's a pretty chaotic environment you're gonna have disagreements but it's good to be around people who understand that they're like hey just give us some time give us yeah some i mean you know there was always there was always times i would always try to do what i could to if i was having a bad show to not it doesn't mean i haven't but i would try not to take it out on anybody there yeah. are times that it, it did happen i've always apologized for it but then you know right after the show it doesn't matter where we were how cold it was you know i would literally just run to the dressing room real quick grab my rippers and then just go into the back somewhere and just fucking just chain smoke for an hour just rip and just and just calm down maybe maybe have an adult beverage and then i'd be fine yeah. like you know what i probably shouldn't have said that to tim or ah, i feel really bad about how i approached that with to johnny or whomever and then i'll go and i'll be like hey sorry thank you for all your help sorry i'm a dickhead um and it's okay cuz again it's a, like i said it's stressful like being yeah. on stage for for the lay person seeing it is usually pretty sick like oh damn like here's this band they have all this production they look super cool they sound super cool like oh this is great i fucking love this i'm singing along i'm with my friend yeah. uh got but a then, 30 i got a 30 dollar fucking 12 ounce yeah. beer he's like yeah like let's go we're having a great time uh but then being on stage you know you have to especially on that size there's so much room and there's so much going on in just one moment that it's like okay i gotta make sure i'm playing these parts uh i gotta if like in your case you're doing a lot of backup vocals things like that so you have you have spots that you gotta hit you know yeah and with that that's a whole other ball of stress that if you if you're if you're not having a good night you know it's just easy to just like ah you know be upset and just you know kind of let it spiral but that's the thing i always notice like you would just dip for a little bit just like every time it's just like cool like everybody is gonna go to their corners for a little bit you know do the thing and then in like an hour we all reconvene and it's it's a party you know it's it's hanging out dudes being guys well see there there's two different types of bad shows there's bad shows where you get pissed off and it's Mm -hmm. just like fuck you know I'm upset. I don't want to look at anybody. Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> um, but then there's bad shows where like all you all you can do is laugh. Yeah. And just be like, you know what? It is what it is. Oh, I don't man. think anybody out here noticed anything. Yeah. And if they did, whatever. Oh well. Yeah. Um, have have I t- have I told you what uh, the new rig I'm building? No. Um, I know you're. I know you're waiting on this neural. Yeah, the the quad cortex. That yeah. that's the one thing I'm waiting for. And basically, my whole thought process with it is having traveled to Europe with my USA rig. I hated it. I hated the whole the whole me traveling with the rig. I hated everything that was involved with it. You know. It was it was very stressful and it was like it's too much. Mm-hmm. So my whole admittedly, thought... it's it wasn't a lot, but it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. And 
I was just like, there's got to be a better way to do this. I've, but I've like, you know, I tr I've tried Doc's Kemper for base stuff, and I just wasn't a fan. Uh, I I haven't tried any of the Axe Effects stuff yet. I've tried a couple things, and I I know you used a Helix, and it works for you, but mm -hmm. I just I really want something that is more user friendly. That I'm not sitting there like learning how to gain stage while building a fucking channel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> so when I found out that the that neural DSP was coming out with the quad cortex, and now eventually you'll be able to load your plugins from your computer onto the onto the quad cortex. Mm -hmm. But the the one thing that kind of sold me on that thing alone was the capture feature, which is similar to profiling on the Kemper. Or whatever it is on the Axe Effects or whatever it is on the, the Helix. Okay. Um, but the one thing besides the capture feature that I appreciate is you can capture pedals from the send and return of the pedal. You don't have to put it through an amp and you don't, you literally, I can literally profile all, or I'm sorry, capture all of my pedals like I can use this yes yeah. Maxon ASC 10 I can profile this yeah huh. all right so and I've talked to a couple yeah. of my buddies who are beta testing the quad cortex who have a lot of the same similar pedals I do and I was like hey how how did your capture of the the dark glass x7 and he's like he's like here's where it gets a little bit tricky but I actually prefer this method he's like you have to turn the low channel all the way down and capture the high channel and then you have to turn the high channel down and capture capture the low channel but okay so it, it turns the x7 from one pedal to two pedals but in a digital setting so it doesn't take up any extra room except for yeah. maybe a little bit of dsp whatever um or gpu i'm sorry but with having that i always thought the x7 needed more of a of a blend type feature it's real wet. Yeah. It's a real wet pedal. Because even with the blend down, it's still just like super ganky. Well, yeah. it's the the low channel is a is is like an eighty hertz or fifty hertz sub low end. Yeah. And the and the and the high channel is all mid high range aggressively distorted distortion. But I like the type of distortions that you can get on that. But if I was able to put that in my setting and have that I would be able I feel like I would be able to create because you can add EQs to each of those two. Mhm. Mm so can it's like kind of make it selectable. Yeah, so I'm splitting the pedal up. I can add certain compression, I can add certain EQ and I can make the pedal more of what I want it to be. Mm, yeah, see, see. That's So that that excites me and then and then having, you know, I can go to my work at mates and like dude, my boss has got sick heads like 73 blackface svts like old like rb 800s from like like i could probably call up you know duff mckagan's tech and be like yo can i profile the amp from appetite and he'd probably let me you know like i could have all these sick captures and bring all these heads that i've wanted to tour with and granted i know it's not a 100 percent duplication sounding of the amp but it's close it's enough close you know, I always have thought that if anyone would need a Kemper or Kemper-like product, like basically just a profiling thing, it would be you. 
because you're you are one of the few people I know that has access to just the gold mine yeah. of, of gear. And most people would say it's being picky, but it's not really being picky. You just know what you like. Yeah. You know, and if you can either create it like you're going to end up doing in the in the neural with the X7 or if you can just capture it. Yeah. Like the head from Appetite. Yeah. Hey, like why not? See, and and the thing is is I do like certain Ampeg heads and I love Ampeg cabinets. Um but bringing a VR out on the road scares the shit out of me. Absolutely not. And that's honestly I I know I talk about the the Helix stuff a lot and I as long as you've known me I've just been Helix 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 like just super about it because for the the way I travel and the way that I like to tour mm-hmm. it just makes sense because yeah. one they're everywhere yeah. they're they sell them at Guitar Center Guitar Centers are everywhere in the states they have them at you know most chain music stores all around the world so if it were to go down and I had to buy another one. It's like, okay, cool. I can just go to a store and get one. Yeah. Have everything on a USB stick anyways that's backed up. Yeah. Uh, so for that alone, I'm just like, cool. I don't have to wait for somebody to just mail one out to me. Like if I'm on yeah. an island somewhere, you know, I don't know if I can necessarily ship a, a fractal or a, a Kemper to me. Yeah. I don't know if they ship to said island. But well, uh, ahead, sorry. also because... Now, you know, they have the small one. Like, they have the... The HX Stomp. The Stomp. This yeah, thing. Yeah. They have a bigger one now, actually. Yeah, the Stomp XL. Yeah, with more uh, switches on it, which is kind of cool. Like, that's a that's a nice option because you get all the switches without having to have a bunch of extra shit. Yeah. Uh, so, for travel, those kind of rigs are great. Because uh, yeah. you don't have to bring anything. You can put it in your suitcase. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what I really want to do is, is I want to have two neural DSPs the the I want to have two quad cortexes I'm going to put one on a proprietary pedal board that's only going to have my quad and my wireless on it and the temple boards that I use have mods mm-hmm. so I can literally I have power sticking out that you can just plug right in the side of the board my DI sticking right outside of the board so it's like you never have to touch anything on the board Everything, because you know the biggest problem and how picky I am when it comes to the volume of my pedals. And when I'm mm-hmm. just like, I mean, how many times I'm like, Tim, turn the clean down. Tim, turn the gain up. You know, like <laughs> how many there times be, we played that game? There would be plenty of shows where, I mean, it it would be a fraction, a fraction off. But Kyle, Con- Kyle Conkeel's ear is very well trained and that's what i mean you're not picky you just know what you like you know what yeah. you want to hear and uh i mean there'd be points in the set where the distortion was up by like 0.5 percent and you're like yeah. hey just notch it down a hair yeah. mid song and everything just run over hey turn it down <laughs> just a little bit running like hell <laughs> just behind the stage just like shit 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 shit, 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 shit. don't die don't die and then pulling it out you know turning it off yeah We'll see, and, and, and here's the thing. Like, I can control how all the volume is on, you mm-hmm. know, a proprietary thing like that. Like, you know. But it's like there are certain sounds that I'm going for that are harder to replicate without having to bring those things on tour with me. Like, my my uh, my ballads 
you know, sound like the what I would use for like zombie or remember when is yeah. more of a B fifteen type sound, which I, I would prefer to have be like, yo, I'm using a B fifteen and a sa- old Sansamp to get the sound that I want for this song. My rock tone is, you know, basically a SVT VR with a a more driven Sansamp in front of it. Yeah. Or a V4B, you know, or a, you know, uh, Mesa Boogie 400 plus type sound, mm-hmm. like that type of mid 90s scooped mid sound. And then my modern sound. Ultra beef. Yeah. And then my modern sound is just mod, or my, over, my gain sound is just modern, overdriven kind of what everyone else kind of does right now. Yeah. But I want to be able to kind of like refine and having, you know, like the Helix. You can put the the quad cortex in stomp mode, which gives mm-hmm. you five different pedals or six different pedals, so you can switch them without the latency. Right. And uh, and and I just think it's really cool. And another cool thing is when you get the quad cortex, you get the app. And when oh, that's right, because you can control it from your phone. You can control it from your stuff. phone, mm. but you also when you have when both items are connected to Wi-Fi it uploads and syncs to the app so all of your settings are on your phone so say you know mid show like oh conky's conky's fucking quad cortex went out take it off the board put the new one pull the new one out and just sync it boom i'm ready to go within 2 minutes you know yeah easy and that's that's another thing is that we we live in an age of, of technology for instruments or for instrument te- uh, instrument technology where stuff like that is so convenient because yeah. a lot of times like mid show, let's say, I mean, I, I've had it happen where my helix will freeze, you yeah. know, it's, it's happened. Their firmware has bugs just like everything else. I know yeah. it happens with everything, but all you do is turn it off, turn it back on usually. And it's, it's back up and running. You know, you don't have to swap a tube out or, you know, try to turn on a, a new amp and replug in a bunch of cables. It's just like, yeah, hit a button. Yeah, cool, we're good to go. Pretty and much. and it's it's great because also what that means is you can do stuff that you can't do in real life. Yeah, like you can you can take a four hundred plus and a B fifteen and on the same base channel essentially have this ultra beef but super you know spanky kind of sound yeah uh that otherwise you would need damn near a whole like trailer truck full of gear just to replicate yeah and like like i said i it's not so much that i picky but uh that i'm picky but it's i know what i want and it's like i know how to get it mm-hmm. but who the fuck wants to bring three boutique fucking tube heads out on tour or a b15 fucking flip top like nobody wants to do no that. nobody wants to do that and if I am ha- if I'm able to have all, and it's like, dude, I've gotten so many pedals this past year that I want to add to the board, but it's like, it, I won't add them to the board because first of all, there's not enough room, and second of all, when am I going to use this? When am I going to want a toe tap, you know, to uh, uh, fucking tap dance to turn that pedal on or turn that pedal off? This but man's having at home building a whole Bob Bradshaw rig all on his own. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, I have like, uh, you know, I get the 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 MOSFET. Uh, bass drive mm-hmm. i've got the aguilar i've got a couple aguilar pedals now you know uh, um 
a, a couple clones of different pedals. I got like this Boss Wampler mod thing that I bought not too long ago. And it's like, I want to capture those. And it's like, regardless if I use them, I mean I, I, I mean, I definitely want to use, I think the B15 and the Aguilar Tone Hammer pedal would probably be a really sick, like clean, oh, yeah. clean tone. Um, but I, I want to be able to use them if they're there and having, mm-hmm. And having such a small thing, I'm going to get a Pelican, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut out the bottom of the Pelican, and that's where the backup quad cortex is going to go. And then I'm going to, you know, the cutaway foam or whatever, and then uh, have that raised up just a little bit, and then have the pedal board right on top. And it's literally my pedal board, my pedal board, my loom, my backup quad cortex, boom, right there. Perfect. Easy. And it's like, you know, I can can pull a Pelican into, into a fucking, um into a hotel or the backstage and yeah like if i want to work on shit i can be like Mm -hmm. you know and you get like a there's there's multiple headphone outs so it's like you know i could be like yo tim or doc or anybody like i'm making a new tone like is this sick or not you know and you can kind of just sit there and you can actually plug me chris and doc could use the quad cortex at the same time you know plenty uh did something similar for a while i know they that on a tour they all played through one x fix from what i've heard it was the uh, it was one x fx three yeah yeah and and that's another thing is you know for for smaller bands if they necessarily can't afford to bring a an entire backline out or maybe they just want to save some space you can kind of do that with stuff now like that's yeah. fucking sick i mean that's yeah dude you sick. could have you can have four running channels simultaneously with 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 the with the quad cortex. So you got three guitars, one bass, two guitars, two bass, whatever the fuck you want to do, and they can all play at the same time. Yeah, and all have separate outputs, yep. separate effects. Yep, and all that. You do have to have somebody in charge of if there's like you if you like say you know for the guitar players there's a, a rhythm tone, a lead tone, and a clean tone you do have to have someone go and kind of switch that. I'm sure you can control that through MIDI, though. Yeah, you, just you it, can. Send you it can. from your timeline. Yeah. Uh, so you don't even have to touch it. It just yeah. lives, lives off stage. Yeah, so you can program it via MIDI or, you know, have, you know, MIDI controllers for, like, oh, hey, this... You can program the MIDI out per line. And I think there's... I think there's, like, two or three MIDI out. I don't know. Anyways, I'm getting, huh. I'm getting, I'm getting too excited about it again. I've been seeing them out in the wild and I just I just just I want my hands on one mainly for the fact because everything I've heard with the the quad cortex I'm a bit hyped for it but as someone who's played through the Kemper has played through the head rush has played through I I mean I haven't had extensive times uh time periods with the Helix the Kemper or the, I mean, I had an extensive period with the head rush, and that's just not for me. But I just want to know if this is going to do, if it can get close, if it, if it can trick me into just be like, cool, this sounds better than what you're using right now, then that's all I want. Because how it's are, like, how is your experience with the neural plugins? They're fine. Okay. I mean, I'm not really the Dark Glass Ultra. You have to really, I I use. I use an uh, external um, EQ and like two separate compressors on top of that. 
it's not very loud and with a lot of the dark glass clean stuff is kind of where I have my, my gripes with, with that company. If there's distorted or dirty tones, I think they're great. But what I what I really feel like they're lacking in is the frequencies in which they are using for their clean sounds. Granted, uh, my preferred clean sound is like an SVT mm-hmm. with a fucking Sans Amp bass driver. Yeah. Just touch of dirt, a little scoop, you know, a little uh, a little heavy on the on the lower end, but not overbearing you know not flubbing out yeah but well, but yeah just like a little dirt to, to kind of help cut yeah you know a little rounded off in the top end because well, uh, i remember i was trying to build my clean channel and you're like you're you're, you're just trying to get a sans amp sound <laughs> and yeah. i was like oh yeah i guess i am i'm gonna go buy a sans amp <laughs> now <laughs> and then i was like oh there it is because everything you were describing i was like this man just wants a sans amp like yeah yeah and you know, I, I and I've been using the sands, the two two different sands amp pedals for a while now that I think do exactly what I want them to do. You know, I've been using the Doug Pinnock pedal for um on tour that's been my clean but still a dirt uh, still a dirty clean. Mm-hmm. Um but in the rehearsal studio more recently, I've been using the the Sans Amp bass driver for my clean pop okay. top, you know flip top tone my my rock tone is the Doug Pinnock pedal but then the 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 coup de gras is the x7 but I'm like uh, like you do you ever like play and then realize I hate how this sounds so now I have to go in and like reset up the pedals like a lot <laughs> I, oh actually I, actually where is it where is it oh here it is oh he spotted it Sorry, two seconds. What's he? What's he got there? This actually oh, does a really. Oh, look what it is! This actually does a really good job, especially with the new firmware update. I was not impressed with this pedal before the new firmware update because even at zero, it was like more gain than I would use in my heaviest distortion channel. Really? So, but they added a firmware update, which not only has. 12 d negative 12 db of gain so i could like really focus yeah. on on how i can have high and high and low gain settings and a clean channel but they also added um where the compression or i'm sorry where the blend is if it's post eq or pre eq oh shit which gives you a lot of tonal um a lot of tonal capabilities they, regardless if they want to say it or not, they, the blend feature on this was another kind of gripe I had, but they fixed that. I felt like it was either two in front or two behind. There was no sweet spot. Okay. There is no, a like, sweet spot balance. on the blend on this on this pedal now, nice. and and there is a uh, um, more compression options because it was just like compressor. I could pick what type of compressor there was, but I couldn't pick how fast or slow the attacker release was but okay. with the update they made it that way because with how this pedal was when i first got it you had to have a lot of compression like i'm talking about nine or ten and Damn. the well, drive was too much the blend didn't work for me the way i wanted it to and i just i found myself like 
this this pedal isn't isn't useful for me. But when the update came out, I'm sitting here like, oh, okay. Now I have my high gain setting. I have my mid. I have my my lower gain setting, and I have my clean channel. Great. So if like something were to come up, and you know, I don't I don't got a fucking quad cortex yet. This could do the job. I, I'm going to take it back to the room uh, sometime this week when we start rehearsing um, to kind of just do some fine tuning and see. Because I know I know what my pedals sound like. Yeah. I've been using those pedals for over a year now. I know what that sounds like. But I want to get into the room and try to figure out if this is a viable thing to where for the time being because you know i don't like to tap dance that's the whole thing oh yeah and that's why it was it was really funny to introduce you to a midi rig mm-hmm. because a lot of the same hesitations you had i also had when i first got into that whole world um but it's it's pretty freeing to narrow down your rig to smaller and smaller options to mm-hmm. that can do the thing you need to do because also with that let's say that you build a midi rig like you get the quad cortex and maybe you still want to use that pedal you can control both through midi like you can send midi yeah. from your cortex to that and still have control over it and have it be an option yeah uh and and yeah speaking of of midi pedals since we're, we're talking about sick pedals we just got i just got this new midi controller Mm-hmm. From uh, Morningstar Engineering, you ever heard of this company? Are those? Is that the company that makes the uh, meatless Boca burgers? You know, I had the same question, <laughs> and it's still not been confirmed. But they make. Uh, oh, you know, I was actually looking at something like that. Is, is that the MC8? This is the MC8. I yeah. just got this thing recently. Holy shit! I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh man, this thing is so much fun because you can do so much shit with it, and it's so sick. Is that a is that a that's a four channel MIDI switch? Um, no. So it is an eight button, and then it's got four aux ins or outs on the okay. back. So like, you know, you have your standard MIDI in, MIDI out. You can yeah. do it through USB. Uh, there's your power, but then with these Omni ports right here, you can send MIDI from these. You can plug expression pedals into it to oh, control okay. stuff. Okay. You can just set them to do whatever. Um, this thing has waveform engines inside of it, so I have it, for example, set up on a couple patches that I've made for some alluvial songs to control whammy pedals, mm. and without having to have an expression pedal plugged in to you know do the the heel or toe movement myself i just programmed a button to do it and Mm. it's you can control the speed you can set it up to do like volume swells or control any parameter that you want of any we need to get the boys on something like that for when they play the pam this thing is great and and it's also really easy to program um which is which is nice because it works through your web browser so you can plug in any usb capable device like you probably can control this thing from your phone yeah just plug in a usb cable and you can edit everything but you can control goddamn everything you can control a computer like your logic session or ableton session with it oh do like Um, a stop actually stop rewind record play whatever 
anything you do with your your fingers you can probably program this thing to do it and that's kind of where i'm at now it's just like trying to like figure out how to automate a lot of my recording functions with it because i've built some pretty good patches for this thing to work along with the helix Mm. uh both the rack one and the stomp so it's it's pretty sick man and they make smaller ones too i mean they have a six button one they have a three button one which is like real cute but they all they're they're all capable of doing anything you want them to do just about uh this might be something to look into Hmm. you know Hmm. for if you guys need backups because uh from what i've heard is that you guys are moving away from the the digital side of stuff really or at least the the boys are doc and chris yeah i don't Uh, i don't really know like i'm i'm kind of going i'm going more towards just because they're crossing yeah in my experience in my experience i find having something like the atom or the quad cortex is more in my wheelhouse mainly just for the fact that i don't want to have to deal with a lot of shit and if and, and honestly if the boys if the boys want to do um you know live tube amps again that's great great mm-hmm. you know i mean all i have to do is run a fucking power you know a powered head run the quad or the atom into the fucking into the return of a head and boom i have that's it that's all i have to do yeah easy i actually did that for for a while um that was part of my entheos tour rig i had a uh a helix setup and i just used a head as a as a backup just as a power amp yeah you know just in case i needed to flip it if my helix goes down you still have a head uh, I mean, I mean, with how I rack mounted all my smaller heads, like the dark glass head or the EBS heads, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they only takes up two spaces. Yeah. So it's Tiny. like, you know, like cool. If you want me to use a head, you got to put this in your rack because I'm a pedal board. I only got a pedal board, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's it. You know, um, but if that if that's what they want to do, great. I'm gonna try to push them. I don't. I'm not gonna push them. I'm gonna be like. Let me capture your guys' tube heads that you like. Play through the quad. See what you guys think. Fair. I I also want to try a quad cortex out. Because I've I've tried all the digital stuff, man. Like I've played through Axe Effects for a long time. Uh I've had pretty extensive amount of time working with you guys with a Kemper. Yeah. And it's cool. I think it's a better studio tool than it is a live tool. You know, it's mm-hmm. for me and like the way I like to, to work and kind of view things. I really like the way the helix is set up and that kind of, uh, that kind of universe of products, you know, like how they all interact with each other to me, it just makes sense. But I'm real curious about the quad cortex cause it looks similar or it looks the most similar to like a mix between a helix and a and a Kemper. Mm-hmm. Kemper in the fact that you can profile stuff, like you can yeah. put sounds into it. But as far as just building a tone, like building a a rig, more or less, it seems like it's kind of similar to what the helix is doing. Yeah. Uh, and like at the end of the day, I just want it to be easy. And I that's want, the thing. I want to have the same sounds mm-hmm. that I have in the u.s when i go anywhere Mm -hmm. but i also don't want to have to bring a fucking rack i would rather just have like this pelican or a pedal board case 
and just be like, cool, here's my rig, right here, donezo. I don't want it to be like this whole fucking situation where it's like, you know, scared to bring rack gear <laughs> across. Like, dude, when we showed up in Europe, one of the rack faces yeah. was gone. We lost a lid. We lost a lid. And that's happened to me so many times. And I'm that's why I'm on the wave of if it can't fit in my suitcase, I don't know if I want to bring it. Yeah. You know, because I'm tired of losing rack lids. They're expensive. Dry. It's fucking... so dry. The driest man, and they like they won't even look for it either. They're just like, nah, oh well, sorry. Yeah, it's like, there's probably still a rack lid from that rack, just like in the <laughs> in the cargo hold of a fucking plane somewhere, you know, or under a belt in some facility, just hanging yeah. out, just They're chilling, using it for, being using lonely. It for their cigarette butts. <laughs> they just it's filled it with kitty litter, and now it's an ashtray. <laughs> I'm just like, well, fuck it, might as well make it useful. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, all this digital stuff. Like, I, I've talked to a lot of people that I know are kind of afraid of of the switch, you know. And I understand the reasons why because plugging into a real head, yeah, feels a certain kind of way versus plugging into some of these digital units. And people are kind of turned off by the fact that you have like menus and stuff, and you got to scroll. I get that. It makes sense, but. It's just about spending time with it, cause like when you get a when you get a new amp, you know you gotta spend time with it. You gotta learn it. Yeah. Uh, like one of my first amps was a was a Mesa Boogie, Trimiverb. Oh a yeah, rectifier yeah. Trimiverb, and that was like one of my first real amps. And when I first got it, I was like, I know this amp is supposed to be sick. It it's been on a lot of records. I like a lot of guitar players. I like use this thing. So like I've heard it. I know it sounds sick. Why can't I make it sound sick? So it just sent me down the rabbit hole of, okay, let me figure this thing out. And it's kind of the same approach you have to take with a lot of digital stuff. You know what I mean? You kind of just have to have an uh, explorative curiosity to a certain yeah. degree. You know, just don't be afraid to to menu scroll or like turn the knobs like you would a normal amp yeah. or, or dive into some stuff, you know, because that's how you get it to sound good. That's how you get some cool stuff to happen. Just treat it like regular ass gear that's all it is <laughs> i see i i've never been one of those i i try to be very open-minded when it comes to gear like the switch to in-ears i i was like waiting for that for i wasn't like waiting i just couldn't afford them at the time mm -hmm. but i like couldn't wait you know and then by the way i did get new in-ears and they're fucking amazing sick 64 audio i got the nates the nates which ones are those those are the nathan east signature base oh. made for bass player in ears and yo, they sound like a fucking vintage SVT in my head. So oh shit, yeah, they they can okay. hold the beef. Because remember, I just remember like with my old mm -hmm. in ears, like especially the the generic non molded in ear, they just couldn't yeah. hold the low end. No, and These. for your tone especially, you yeah. kind of you need something that's gonna be able to hold that beef because those same generic in ears, I use those, mm -hmm. um, and for for me they're great because my my bass tone. Is way more mids yeah. than yours a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. Now it's it's gotten a little more scooped, so I may have to to maybe like think of something a little different, you know, start trying some new stuff out. But I I kind of like mids because for me I can hear it, and yeah. then I know that whatever I'm sitting in front of house is like we're in different rooms all the time, so I'm giving you information to work with. If you if you need to dial it out 
feel free dial it out but i'd rather yeah. give you something and then if if it is like hey this is shot all right <laughs> let's let's build a new one fuck it i'm down like i'll yeah, fucking yeah. sit there all day you know and, and dial some shit in but uh but yeah like that's that's way sick to actually have something substantial in your ears huh they're great i mean they were expensive but they were worth every fucking penny um but i've never been like a guy who's like you know anti anything you know mm-hmm. i grew up i grew up when like mashuga was already out there using pod pod pros yeah uh, fear factory was already out there using pods and digital modeling stuff so i just thought okay if I've never been one of those like elitists when it's like, no, you need to have tubes, you need to have this. I'm just yeah. like, yo, if you can make it sound sick with what you have, dope. Exactly. If it sounds shot, I'll let you know. But if it yo, sounds sick, that's great. Yo, Dime was one of my favorite guitar players of all time. His gear shot. that he used, <laughs> some of the most shots. I'm like, how the fuck did you get this to sound the way it did? But hey, yeah. it works. You know, if yeah. it works for you. And you can get it to sound the way you want. It sounds good. Makes you feel good as you play. That's like to me the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, because if you feel good when you're playing something, like you're gonna play it with some conviction. Yeah. You know, like Dime for example. Uh, you listen to some of those solos, and out of context, if you were to just listen to that track on its own, just a solo track, it's probably gonna be like pretty harsh. You know, tonally yeah. speaking. But that's part of the character. That's like the teeth in it. That yeah. in the full context, it's just like holy shit. Like no one else can sound like this. And same thing. Like I'm gonna call out a Bro West. You know, hearing hearing that alluvial song when we were in Europe did the same thing. I was like, I don't know what they're using, but I can hear that whatever it is, you're playing with conviction. Like you're feeling good as you're playing. That it's nice and full. It's got like some teeth to it you know yeah and it's it's attention grabbing and that's the thing with gear is like i think that's the most important thing you have to kind of convey that and like feel good while you're using it yeah because that's what's going to be like oh shit it gives you more confidence because that's like yeah. like regardless of people realize what they're hearing if it sounds good to you and it makes you feel the way that you want to feel when you're like ah there it is yeah you're gonna have a better time anyway and and i will say like the one one of the biggest reasons why I really 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 love Wes as a guitar player is just because there's not it's not shredding for the sake of shredding like because you know there's guys out there you know who are like shred machines but it sounds very robotic Wes mm-hmm. is there's a lot of emotion there's a lot of feeling like it's genuine guitar playing yeah. I don't I don't feel like it's it's just doing it for the sake of doing it when when they're with any of his solos or his guitar playing. I feel like it's very it's very sincere. And that's one thing I really, really appreciate and why I think he's one of the best guitar players in the world right now is because not only of his technical ability, because he is a technical motherfucker. Oh yeah. But it's <coughs> but, it's the conviction. It's like yeah. you it translates and you can hear it. Yeah. Uh and same thing. Some of the with, best vibrato on the planet oh my god it just the vibrato reaches out to you and it just rings your neck as it's going back and forth you know west 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 is fucking sick you know and so are you and i'm glad i'm glad you guys are in a band together you know alluvial 
Ulysses single is out now. And as Tim told me before the podcast, it's just the tip. That's just the tip. It's only the tip. It's only the tip. And I'm I'm excited that we can talk about it now because it's it's something, man. Like it's gonna it's gonna grab hold of y'all. So I'm just giving you a fair warning, you know. But it's a it's a whole team, man. You yeah. know, it's not only very conviction driven music, which I think is way sick, uh, but it's all sick dudes. You know, Kevin oh, yeah. Kevin Miller, our vocalist way sick dude same kind of thing when you listen to the record it's the conviction and you're like holy shit like this is the shit this is the shit uh same thing with live now we're gonna have matt palazzo he's our drummer mm-hmm. and we we semi have played together kind of i mean it's we don't have shows yet you know we're yeah. still on lockdown but uh even just somewhat playing together doing the promotional stuff that we've done so far it's just like yo this is gonna be sick i can't wait to get hell yeah show going i can't wait to have you know people hearing this stuff not just on record but also live whenever we get the chance to do it so it's gonna be tight man and i'm excited yeah. about it i'm, dude, I'm super can... super stoked for you guys i've listened to that song a million times now i gotta do a proper post about it because it's 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 some it's some real fucking high road heat you know <laughs> It's real, real, real heady, you know, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Wes. I'm a big fan of you. You know, you guys are the homies. And, uh, you know, you guys just signed a nuclear blast, which I'm super stoked. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure if you guys are dealing with Monty Connor or not, but uh, that's... Yes, sir, Monty Connor. Yeah. You know, he's... For those of you who don't know who Monty Connor is, you know, he's like the motherfucker who signed Machine Head and shit. Like Sepultura. Rec- Sepultura. Yeah. Roadrunner Records legend. Legend in the metal world brought you Kill Switch Engage Nickelback. That's right. <laughs> Tell them about the back. Oh, I've I talk about the back all <laughs> the time on this show. This I man, let motherfuckers know. Conky is not ashamed. Fuck no. He is not ashamed about his love for Nickelback. And you know what? I back you on that. Thanks, Nickelback's sick. Nickelback, Say what dude, you will. They're sick. Dude, Mike Kruger is one of my favorite human beings in the world. He's just like. I can literally call him at any hour. He'll always pick up. <laughs> he always ends a conversation with, "Bro, I miss you. I love you. Hope everything's doing everything's going well." Like he's just a he's a really good positive reinforcement in my life. And I I, I think you can never have too many of those people. Like if there's any time I'm feeling down or feeling sorry for myself, you know, I don't call him and complain. I just call to talk to him, and I'm all immediately in a better mood. And then we, you know, sure? we talk about music, we talk about basses, we talk about you know a bunch of different shit. And it's just like he's just he's a he's a guy who knows how like how fortunate he is to be in the position that he's in, and he is not afraid to help out his friends in any way, shape, or form. You That's know, he's he's just a really fucking good dude. They're a great live band. And if you hate Nickelback, that's fine. But just do yourself one favor. You know, especially now that Chad Kruger is now sober. You gotta go see the back. Just once. Just even for one song. If they're back to fa- back. Especially with him being sober, they're only gonna get better now. Because that motherfucker hey. was drinking a lot while he was playing. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, so Tim, where where can my listeners find everything Tim Walker related and alluvial related? Uh, you guys can find me on social medias at Tim Walker seven six two zero, and then we're on Instagram alluvial alluvial man or alluvial metal on Twitter. Uh, we're streaming Apple Music, Title, uh, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. Nuclear Blast. I saw you guys uh, were recently number one of the Gatekeeper um, playlist on Title. Super sick. Mind blowing. Super sick. For those of you who Thank don't you. know, Jay Z owns Title. Dog. Do you know? Okay. Jay-Z you know, is back in my boys right now. Dog, do you know how insanely stoked that makes me to <laughs> to be number one on anything Jay-Z related? Like, do you know how fucking sick that is? That shit's tight. Dude, we got to come out. We got to come yeah. out with your own vegan kombucha or something now. The vegan booch? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're number one somewhere. Let's try and make it somewhere else, too. There you go. But, uh, yeah, dude, it's just incredible. I mean, it's it's wild to think about but thanks to everybody so far that's checked it out and that's still gonna check it out we definitely have more uh more on the way sick well tim thank you very much for your time i really 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 appreciate it and for all my listeners be sure to check out alluvial they are dope i back them maybe even more so than i back the back so check them out follow them on instagram and twitter Follow them on Spotify. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. Fucking bring Tim vegan treats when he comes to your town. I'll love you if you do. <laughs> and uh, just uh, give these guys a listen. And for and everybody who's listening, thank you for tuning in. And I will see you next week. <laughs>